Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money, how to eat healthy, and how to live a life of adventure. And speaking of uh, eating healthy, guess what I got? I got some fresh bananas here in the Philippines. And just on a personal note, one of my big struggles has been like working like crazy, not sleeping enough, eating unhealthy, you know, eating the chips and popcorn, drinking some Mountain Dews. But after talking to Chad, on um, you know, I guess today on about a month ago, I was really uh, feeling condemned because while I was talking to him, I had like a Mountain Dew, I had some chips, and we were talking about health. I'm like, oh man, guilty. So I showed Chad post interview exactly what I was guilty of, and he's like, he didn't judge me. He was just like, ah, it's, it, it's what it is. So today, when I knew I didn't meet Chad, <laughs> partially the reason I got bananas is to uh, is to show that I've transitioned from unhealthy to eating to healthy eating, but also on my body. I also went to the gym today for the first time in a year and a half, and that, my friends, is a proud accomplishment. So super proud of myself for doing that. So for you guys who are listening and watching this interview, if you struggle with unhealthy eating, if you struggle with going to the gym, hey man, I can relate, you know, or hey woman, I can relate because I also struggle. And our guest today, his name is Chad Bentley. He also struggled with, um, you know, unhealthy habits, um, uh, eating, being overweight, etc. He is fully, radically, completely transformed himself from being unhealthy to being one of the healthiest people I know and one of the healthiest people in the world. He just completed the Epic Five, which is five Ironmans in five days on the five Hawaiian islands to donate to five different charities. Yes, that is a lot of fives. The Epic Five, five, tri uh, five Ironmans in the five Hawaiian Islands, five days to support five different charities. So if you haven't had a chance, I'm gonna have a link below to the before episode where I interviewed Chad about a month before uh, his race. And now I'm interviewing him about two weeks to see the before and after. So Chad, uh, you know, uh, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Ricky. Doing well. It's Friday. Yeah, it's always good to connect with you. And uh, you know, you definitely inspire me. And uh, you know, just the fact that you're able to do this amazing race, you've taken that inspiration to a whole nother level. So I just want to firstly say congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. So why don't we actually, um, you know, just do a quick little, uh, you know, 30 second, one minute intro just to reintroduce yourself to the guests and then talk about what is this Epic Five and what is this amazing accomplishment you literally just did two weeks ago? Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm Chad Bentley. I'm from North Vancouver in uh, British Columbia, Canada. Um, I recently just completed uh, the Epic Five Challenge, which is five Ironmans in five days in five different Hawaiian islands. Um, I did it to, uh, I did it as somewhat of as a legacy race, uh, so I could raise some money for charity. Um, I've been doing endurance athletics now for about, uh, 11 years. So I've crossed the finish line in some pretty big races already. So this one, I wanted to leave somewhat of a legacy. So, uh, my wife and I together, we raised, uh, over $40,000 for, for the charities. So, uh, yeah, we, I finished the race two weeks ago. Uh, it was just one of the biggest highlights of my life. I, I absolutely loved it. It was sweet suffering, and uh, I, I, I would do it all over again. 
<laughs> man, oh man, that is incredible. Uh, so we have like a little bit of exclusive here, you know, getting you on the show to talk all about uh, your experience. I know you've done a few other interviews, but you know, exclusive on the podcast anyway. So uh, yeah. thank you, Chad, for coming back on here. We don't do a lot of like double interviews, so you're definitely one of the lucky few over 500 episodes, speaking of fives, that I've actually invited yeah. back. So uh, in terms of the Epic Five, what is the Epic Five? Uh, give us a quick summary. Oh yeah, a little, Sorry, bit, kind of... little bit of internet hiccups. Hey, that hasn't changed. You know, I might be eating healthier, but the internet connection. Is <laughs> yeah. good. Chad, um, what is that Epic Five? Well, can you quickly give a summary of what it is and why was you completing a, a huge, huge, huge milestone? Well, uh, the Epic Five is. Uh, it started on uh, uh, August twenty eighth uh, on the island of Kauai. And uh, so there, there are five islands, Kauai, uh, and then you go to Oahu, Molokai, Maui, and then you finish off in Kona. So on each island, within five days, you have to do an Ironman, and then you have to pack all your gear up, return your rental cars, get on a plane, fly to the next island, pick up your rental car, rebuild your bike, and go out, set out, and do another, uh, another iron distance race. Uh, this was a big challenge for me. It's, uh, it, it took a lot of planning. Uh, I brought four crew members over with me who were all experienced endurance athletes. Uh, but this was a big milestone for me, uh, 15 years ago. So I just basically flipped my mindset around, did a lot of work on myself. And, uh, and this is ultimately where I've ended up. Endurance athletics changed my life. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just phenomenal. If you missed, uh, you know, Chad's whole story, he shared it about it in a lot more detail about why, how, how you could also change it. So I want to do a deeper dive into this Epic five. So, um, you had kind of the vision and then there's a the reality and now there's the aftermath. So there was the before, the during, the after. So I want to go to that during. So when you landed in Hawaii, how was it like? How was your state of mind? Were you positive, negative, confused, fearful? What was going through your mind, heart, soul, and spirit, uh, Chad? Okay, well, uh, I was supposed to leave on August 24th uh, out of Vancouver. That's, uh, that was on a Friday. Uh, they had canceled my flight because of Hurricane Lane. So I was concerned that the race wasn't even going to happen. I wasn't, I've, WestJet canceled my flight. They said I couldn't get out until the following Tuesday. So that actually put me, uh, you know, missing the start of the race. So I was, I was concerned that all that uh, hard work, it was a year of, of uh, training and everything was going to go and, and it wasn't going to happen. So anyway, I ended up flying out on the Saturday. So I got to Kauai two days before the race and it was raining so hard. It was rain like I've never seen before. And I, and I live in Deep Cove in North Vancouver, and it rains a lot. But this was insane. I've never seen anything like it. It's the rainiest place on the planet anyway. So uh, over those two days, they, uh, they, they did some course changes. And uh, the night before the race, you know, I, there's always those nerves and a little bit of anxiety. 
But at three o'clock in the morning, uh, the uh, uh, warnings were going off on our cell phones, flash flood warnings. So, uh, so that was interesting. That, that wasn't a good start to the race. So they had to cancel the, uh, the ocean swim in Hanalei Bay due to the turbidity in the water and bacteria. And they said that the big fish follow the small fish in to eat from the river. So we ended up doing a pool swim. And, uh, and then they changed it to a nine-loop bike course. So it was mentally tough. So we got, I think, the, the most uh, uh, challenging um, part of the, the course out of the way on day one. And then uh, beyond that, everything went fairly smooth. The weather was nice. Uh, there was lots of wind. But, uh, yeah, there were some, there were some emotional, you know, or some, uh, you know, my mind was playing, uh, uh, you know, some going into negative dark thoughts at times. Not so much on day one, even in the rain, just as the race progressed. You know, you get to the end of, uh, uh, you know, we went to day two. We flew out uh, um, the night before from Kauai. So as soon as we finished the iron distance race, we went to the airport and then we flew to Oahu and got there at one in the morning. And then we had to start at 6 a.m. the next day. So we had to get to our condo, unpack everything, and then try to get some sleep. Um, day two on Oahu was, was super windy. It was busy. Uh, I got lost a couple times. So, you know, I had some negative thoughts, uh, on that day, but with the help of friends and, uh, and my crew, uh, I was able to get through that and, uh, flip my mindset around and stay positive and, and finish the day out. And then, uh, day three in Molokai was amazing. It was, it's a quiet little island. Uh, it's got some challenging climbs and then parts of the island are, are absolute paradise. And it was a beautiful run at night on quiet roads with beautiful stars. Um, ended up getting a couple hours sleep that night. And then off the, we took a ferry to Maui and Maui was super challenging on day four. Wind, mountainous, it was super challenging. Finished at 4.30 in the morning, took a shower right to the airport and flew over to Kona for day five. So it was... Uh, Day five, I was completely exhausted, but my family had flown in there, my wife and kids, and uh, um, that kind of gave me that uh, that boost in my spirit and uh, was able to get day five done. Took me a long time, but I uh, was seeing double at times. I had to pull over five-minute cat naps when I was on the bike and five-minute cat naps when I was on the run just to get through it. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty rough, and, and my, my feet were so blistered up. They were so deep. It was just it was intense pain, but you know, I wasn't going to quit. That's for sure. Blisters weren't going to keep me from crossing that finish line. That's for sure. Wow. 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 So was there a point when you actually considered giving up or did you tell your wife, oh, I can't take it anymore? Or did you tell yourself or what point did you make that choice when like I can give up or I can go? Like, was it a, ever a question or was it just like, I'm going to go even though I get hundreds, a thousand more blisters. I'm going to go no matter what. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your mindset. Well, okay. On, on day two was the only day that I had actually considered like this is, you know, I am, I'm, I'm just done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been lost a couple of times. I ended up doing like 15 kilometers extra on the bike, which doesn't sound like much, but it is when you're on your second Ironman. Right. And, uh, I got lost. My phone, cell phone died. I lost my crew and I came to a fork in the road and I could either go left or I could either go right. And I was in, it was in the city. It was in Waikiki. So I was like, ah, my phone's dead. I don't know where to go. 
So I had to go to a Starbucks and I waited there probably for about 45 minutes to an hour. I had to borrow somebody's phone charger. Uh, I borrowed a guy's phone, phoned my wife in Vancouver and said, can you phone my crew for me and tell them I'm, I'm at the Honolulu zoo. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I was at that point, I was kind of deflated. You know, I was, I was like, this is, you know, I've just kind of lost it now. Wasted so much time from being lost. But uh, once I got out on the run and um, I started getting into a, a little bit of a pace and, you know, things spun around, you know, I just changed my mindset and focused on the positive and, and then you stop and you realize, you know, where, where, you know, I'm, I'm running in Hawaii right now with a, you know, with a bunch of friends and stuff. So, I mean, you know, you gotta, gotta stay in gratitude. And that's one thing I always heard about when you're, when you're doing, uh, you know, uh, racing on the islands of Hawaii, you got to make sure you stay in gra gratitude because it has a lot of positive energy. Mm, so. That's a good way of uh, putting it too. There's an energy factor involved there, not just the gratitude for the sake of gratitude, but like a kind of the environmental uh, effect as well. So totally, yeah. Uh, we talked about this kind of point where the left, the right, potentially giving up. When did you know you were going to do it? Like you were going to actually cross a line? Was it like the start of day five? Was it the mid of day five? Was it, was it just like, man, I've already come this way. There's no way I'm going to give up. Was it? Only at the cross the finish line, or was there like a point midway through day five where you're like, I got this, man. I'm going to get to the finish line. Uh, well, I, once I finished day four, uh, day four is a tricky day. We had a late start, and uh, I crossed. I, I finished my marathon, I think, at 4.30 in the morning. So we had to catch a flight for 6 a.m. So I got, I got, was able to take a shower and then go straight to the airport. So I knew once I finished day four, I knew day five I got it. But, you know, I, I, there was always the possibility of having a mechanical breakdown or something like that. But other than that, I was like, I, I'm going to get through it. Awesome. Awesome. So. You know, you know, uh, we've all seen the Olympics, you know, on, on our TV, on our computers. When you see the Olympians cross the finish line and you see the emotions, the tears, the victory, the Saba, you know, the, what do you call it? The Usain Bolt, you know, the, the, the bolt yeah. lightning. So I want to know. How was it like to you? Were you the you saw that bolt type? Were you like the tears of joy type? What happened to you emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, uh, bodily? What happened when you crossed that finish line? Well, just to kind of give you a perspective on what the finish line is like, basically it's the race director and the assistant race director holding up the a finish line tape, and then I cross it. <laughs> Like people in, uh, that are walking around are like, what's going on? It's not like a finish line, what you think it would be like. It's not like an Ironman finish line by any means. So, but when I, I had a couple kilometers to go and I, my buddy of mine had walked with me almost all night. And uh, I said, here we go. We're, you know, a couple kilometers left. And, uh, you know, the smell of the ocean and, and Kona and, and, I, and I got, I get happy. I get filled with joy. Uh, no tears of joy. I'm not like that. But, you know, I, I, when I was getting ready to cross finish line, my two kids were there, my wife was there, my crew, and some pretty awesome people that were on staff with the event. And uh, so when I finished it, it's just, it's almost, it's a high, and uh, there's, a, there's a, a sense of, a feeling of power that comes along with it. You know, your own mental power. Like, I just did that. I can do anything. You know, and, uh, you know, I told you before in the, in the first podcast that we did, yes. you asked me if I if I had any fears about yes. doing it or, and I, I, uh, I really I had no fear that I wouldn't finish. 
uh, it's just one thing I learned about myself is I'm one of those people that will put my head down and just get it done. You know, it's, it's basically just, you got to move forward at all times. So you learn all these little lessons about yourself. So when you cross the finish line, it's all of a sudden just going back in your mind going, well, what type of person am I? Well, this is the type of person I am. And it just gives you that sense of that little bit of a boost in confidence, you know, and, uh, I'm still high from it, Ricky. I mean, it's just, you know, it's almost somewhat like a blur to be honest with you, but I, I just, it made me realize just how much I love athletics and, uh, I love health and wellness and, uh, I love being able to talk to guys like you and, and relive my moments in the race. So it's perfect. <laughs> No, awesome, awesome. That's so exciting, my friend. Uh, just listening to you, I can see uh, your reaction. You're so uh, getting to the moment almost again when you're describing it. It was actually quite funny, this visual of like the two uh, organizers holding up this uh, um, the, the finish line tape and you run it through. And I saw the picture on social media. So now I'm like, okay, I'm piecing it all together. That is quite, quite, quite anticlimactic and quite funny but but still powerful because you did it so uh tell us about like out of all the people who were attempted to do it this time did 100 percent finish like did a couple people drop out and not do it so tell me about the stats there well i i gotta say that i there were five of us and uh they were five of the mental super mentally tough individuals like and yes. good athletes so it was myself a colombian guy a brazilian guy and two americans and um, the two, the Colombian and the Brazilian are super strong athletes. Uh, well, everybody was super strong athletes. Uh, one guy, Chris, uh, he's actually one of the uh, kind of owners of the race. He, he's done Epic 5 before. He's a finisher. Uh, he decided to tow his 16-year-old autistic son around in every swim. Wow. In a raft. Wow. And then he would push his son in a running stroller. Uh, on all the runs. I mean, this is a 16 year old young boy, not small. And, uh, so sadly, Chris, uh, he made it through three in a row. And then there, this couple of the swims got pretty choppy and, uh, I think it took a little bit out of him. and, you know, and he just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm here with my two boys and uh, I'm just going to enjoy family time and, and, and just enjoy Hawaii and do whatever. He had nothing to prove he's done it already. Um, so, so Chris was the, the only guy that didn't, didn't quite uh, finish, but I mean, what he did was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in my life. Like, I mean, this guy's like super dad and uh, it made me just want to be like him actually, you know what I mean? He's like a role model really. And, uh, and then there was one other guy, this guy, Joe, that, you know, he wasn't the fastest swimmer and the, uh, the fastest cyclist, but boy, could he run. And you know what? He didn't sleep all week because he came down he, he would just finish in time to catch his flights. I mean, I've never witnessed anything like it. It's mental toughness. He did not quit. And uh, so, yeah, everybody did so well. It was just, I was, I'm, I'm so proud that I got to do it with those five people or four, four others. It was just amazing. So how did you guys celebrate the five of you? Like, what did you guys do? Was it dinner out? Was it a pub? Was it a bar? Was it a night in the hotel? Was it just all screw this? We need to sleep. <laughs> how did you guys celebrate? Uh, so you finish, uh, you fi like you finish that day that, so you have, you start and then you've got a certain amount of time to finish like a 24 hour say. So that, but that night there was a, a banquet, a dinner for everybody. And it was at a beautiful outdoor kind of outdoor restaurant in Kona, right on the Leahy drive. 
so yeah we had you know a couple you know there's a couple beer and you know basically I, I I think I had a beer and basically we finished the dinner and then my couple of my crew which are my buddies came back to my condo I fell asleep in a lawn chair I was like I can't I can't even stay up so they were all but don't the crew gets no sleep as well I mean they're sleep deprivation like they're packing everything up they're cleaning the vehicle they're it's a tough job it really is so that that was kind of the celebration though but it was perfect the dinner was it was just amazing and then uh, I was like, ah, my wife and I'll hang out for a couple of days in Hawaii after, but my feet were so like, they were just so ripped up and, you know, I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old and sometimes they don't cooperate uh, all the time. So it's not really that relaxing when, you know, for my poor wife, cause I'm still yeah. hobbling around. And so the relaxing more came when we came, when we got back to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened the day after? So the, you obviously you finished the race, crashed out there did you sleep like 24 hours 15 hours tell us about the day after did you just uh wake up wake up like okay it's day six what, what yeah. happened when you woke up the next day well i so I, I went home after the race i went back to the condo and i climbed into bed we went for breakfast and everything and then i climbed into bed and slept until three o'clock that afternoon and then got up went to the banquet and then went to bed like at normal time that night and just slept. I think I was up at six in the morning. It's just, it's not that you can, sometimes sleeping is, is a challenge after you do something like that. Plus there's like PTSD that comes along with it. It took me two weeks, almost two weeks after the race to stop thinking, waking up in the middle of the night thinking I had to run a marathon. It's really? crazy. Yeah. And everybody that I've been talking to that did the race, they have the, the exact same thing. And it's just, and the crew even goes through it thinking they have to get up, look after me. I've got to get through another marathon. The race isn't done yet. It's really strange, really strange, but it's pretty cool at the same time. <laughs> so one of the things we have to highlight here, you did this not only for yourself, you did this for the five charities. Yeah. How does that feel? I mean, you are able to meet your goal, exceed your goal. What happened there with the whole charitable component to what you were doing? We, we uh, you know, I never really had a goal, uh, but we did exceed. My expectations were, were totally uh, exceeded. So, but I got to say, Ricky, I was the story. My wife, uh, Mary Jo, um, is a true philanthropist, and she's a master at raising, raising money and putting on events and everything like that. So uh, she really... Uh, she really should get the, uh, uh, the kudos for, for raising that money. Cause I mean, uh, she did a heck of a job. So, but I'm very proud of what we did. So the big question, I'm sure you get this all the time. <laughs> What's next? Well, I, I, right now I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm on a high, so I got to make sure that I don't sign up for something that's, uh, that I'm going to lose the drive for, but I'm considering doing uh, what's called the Epic Deca and it's 10 Ironmans in 10 days on 10 unique locations in Hawaii. But this, you know, when I stop and think about it, like five was a real challenge. I mean, 10, that's, that's a, that's a whole different level. That's, that's tougher than your traditional Deca just because of the logistics involved. And I think the traditional Decas are usually on flatter courses. Hawaii is just, it's there's nothing there's nothing easy about that place at all wind and hills that's it so 
I, I've got a, a couple months to, to kind of sort things out in my mind and talk to my wife and make a plan. She's actually supportive of me doing it. So I may uh, switch my training up a little bit and focus next summer just on staying consistent and getting strong. And then uh, the following summer, 2020 is the DECA in August uh, in Hawaii. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. It would be be a, a crazy crazy challenge so it's uh um you know why not attempt it do your best at getting prepared and try to attempt it man you blow me away <laughs> five, <laughs> five, in five days oh man and now you're talking about 10 i can't even comprehend this uh so chad uh, you know that's 2020 what's happening next i mean i, I just want to think how big do you actually think <laughs> Like, what is the next, like 20, the, the, I didn't even know, like 20 or the 30, but like, uh, what happens after 2020, hypothetically you do it, what is the ultimate, is it kind of like keep, keep uh, doing um, races that will challenge you, or what's kind of the end game here? I'm curious to know on your long-term game plan. Well, you know, I, I'll always do endurance athletics. Like, I mean, I'm going to do a marathon here in a couple months. Uh, um, I'm going to do a 100K run in April. And so that's this year and some cycling events and I'll always swim. I always swim. Uh, I think after doing something like the deck, you got to scale it back. I mean, I, at this point I could scale it back to, uh, what I want to do is I, I have a, a, a coaching business that's not triathlon coaching, but it's more health and wellness coaching, um, and life transformation coaching. So I think it's, uh, I want to get into speaking and, uh, and helping, uh, people transform their, lives and following, you know, aligning their purpose and passion and whether it's through athletics or, or any other means it's, uh, it, but it's, it's definitely doable. So there's going to be a focus on that. And, uh, and obviously just, I couldn't quit doing endurance athletics. I love it too much. And I love the people involved with it. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, I mean, I understand from a personal level, but I'm also curious from like the, the challenge level, like what are the other big challenges that people do beyond the DECA? Like what are the other potential ones? Even if you don't do them, I'm just curious in terms of like the oh, scale. There are some crazy yeah. races out there. I mean, they're, you know, 100, you know, 120 mile runs or 135 mile runs through the desert. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that have done that. Uh, there are, uh, you can do 30 Ironmans in 30 days. Wow. You know, like there's a triple DECA. There, there, you, you, there are crazy, crazy events out there that people do. So, but it's just, again, it's all, you know, you can be the fastest triathlete around, but once you get over a certain time that a race or a distance a race is, that all kind of goes out the door, you know, and then it comes down to your mental, your mental grit, really. Mm. So, yeah, I got a couple of closing questions here. So one closing question and then I have a second. One closing question is, what would you have done differently? Rewind, you know, back uh, about three weeks ago. What could you have, what, what could you have, what would you have, what should you have done differently? Uh, I should have taken care of my feet on day one. That was, uh, I consider that kind of like a rookie mistake. I should have stopped, dried my feet out before running, you know, doused them in Vaseline and and lubed them up and everything like that and I didn't so I got all these hot spots and the started you know I started getting the the blisters and then it was by day two I was they were full on 
so I had to go through basically the entire race on blisters and that, that you know, that, that could be a showstopper. So, uh, next time I, I would really focus on foot care. Like anything, really. else? anything else you would change besides that? Um, I think I would, I would train better with uh, the nutrition, uh, as far as learning how to eat on the bike. Uh, like I lived off of like pizza and like you need the highest calorie foods you can get. Plus you don't have time to eat all the time. So I, I think I would train more on solid foods. I kind of was very relaxed with that during my uh, training cycles and I would just use gels and, 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 uh, Carbo Pro and stuff like that. So that's what I would do differently. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so my final closing question is this for people who are listening and watching who want to do something similar and haven't done it or they've done it, but they're thinking about it. Well, what is your advice? I know it's a big question. You can take it many angles here, but what is your general advice for someone who wants to do something similar to what you just literally did? Well, uh, you know, like, like say somebody wants to do an Ironman, we could yeah, say that. Like this, like, uh, I don't want to say they have to do the Epic Five, but something of this caliber. Um, what advice do you have to do for someone who wants to, you know, do something similar in terms of a race, in terms of uh, the Ironman? And it could be the Epic Five, it could be something else, but just kind of your general tips, advice, wisdom uh, from your experience and expertise. Don't listen to the, the negative uh voice in your head saying that well you can't do it mm. there's no way because uh if you're a person that can commit to something uh then tackle that fear and conquer it and just get it get out there and uh, get to the start line do the training for sure but get to the start line and uh, you'll be successful there's no doubt about it don't let that fear keep you from from following a dream that's that's mm. exactly what it is Boom. That's one thing I, I, I always just said, I'm just going to go for it. Well, go for it and complete it. You have. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. I mean, I, I get excited. I could just ask you questions until the cows come home, you know, all the way until 2020, because it's just so inspiring uh, to see how your brain works, to see how the emotions work, the results, you know, it was just phenomenal to get you back on the show here, Chad. Uh, I know you do, obviously, like you mentioned, coaching, you have uh, speaking, uh, your website, uh, educational programs, etc. What is the website? How can people connect with you with follow-up questions? Yeah, I go to plantslifesports.com, and you can connect with me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing a little revamping of the website because it was more focused on the countdown to Epic Five. And, and uh, but, yeah, you can contact me at uh, chad at plantslifesports.com and uh, connect with me if anybody wants to talk about life transformation. Awesome. I will have that link below. Make sure you listen to the before. Thanks for listening after. And we're probably going to get Chad back many more times just because he's super, super inspiring to listen to. Chad, my friend, uh, thanks so much for coming back on our show. Once again, thanks. congratulations. Big high five. Big thumbs up. Cheers. Right on. Thanks, Ricky. You're welcome. Uh, thanks, everyone. You know, uh, Chad's done something phenomenal. For me, I had my small victory. My bananas, my first time at the gym. And... A year and a half, and it might not be the same caliber as our friend here, but hey, 
this is my epic five, five bananas. So I've done something amazing and I got to celebrate as well. So Chad's done his epic five. I got my five bananas. And what are you guys going to do? Let's hear from you. What is the challenge that you need to overcome? Chad's going to help you. I want to help support you. And uh, thanks for tuning into this very, very, very inspiring episode. Catch up with you guys later.